The Power 40 podcast is an uplifting faith-based podcast that speaks to all that is going on in our world. Our goal is to share inspirational real-life stories and experiences from notable guests around the country on matters that touch us all. The number 40 symbolizes a period of testing, trial, or probation. We all experience trying times in our lives, but it's what comes from these times that make us who we are. As we depict periods of people's lives where the idea of the number 40 is played out, we will learn the goodness that comes from perseverance, determination, and belief. I'm your host, Danica Tramberg, joined today by Susan, founder of Operation Not Alone, a nonprofit dedicated to helping our brave servicemen and women and veterans across the nation and overseas. Thank you so much for joining me. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you. I'm so excited to hear more about Operation Not Alone and just a little bit more about yourself. So you started this organization as a a freshman in college Mm -hmm. and simply started with sending a few care packages to active duty service members. And now, now where are we with this whole operation? Not alone. Oh my gosh. What a question. Um, Well, it's been almost 10 years, which is wild. And I also feel really old when I say that. just to think that it, but um, so it's, we're 10 years old and well, we're about to be in January and we now have a fully dedicated team of six people, um, all full volunteers. And honestly, I mean, it, to this point we've grown so that the number six has actually become really big for us. So we have six team right. members. We have six services that we offer and we're at a six figure valuation as an organization. That's amazing. That's really yeah. cool. Well, since then, and since the beginning, Mm-hmm. Operation Not Alone has sent even more care packages, cheer packages, done even more uh, nursing home visits, and has been involved with Girl Scout Patch and programming. How do you feel when you send your first care package overseas? What did that feeling? What was that like? Uh, it was. I was a very surreal moment uh, for a lot of different reasons. Number one, the first thing that you ever do is going to be the most like it. You know, it's the most blood, yeah. sweat, and tears you kind of put into something, but it's also the most clunky thing you're going to put out there. Like sure. I. I love to talk about the fact that, you know, again, I was 18. I kind of had like no business starting a nonprofit. <laughs> um, I had no idea what I was doing. And so I didn't realize like even just the amount of like discounts I could get, how to kind of shop for things a little smarter. I didn't know how to go up to a cashier and get a tax exempt like number for them to make sure that everything I was purchasing was tax exempt. So I sent everything very full price, which was a mistake because <laughs> I also paid for everything out of my own pocket at first because we didn't have any like startup funding for a nonprofit. And so, yeah, it was like, there were so many things where I was like, okay, we've perfected our process now. But the thing about that first care package was, you know, the story that came behind it is really, it's not what started Operation Not Alone because Operation Not Alone came from, you know, really being personally inspired by my father, who's a fully disabled Marine Corps veteran. However, what happened with this first care package is the reason why we like exist today. And what I mean by that is, so, you know, we were very intentional about like finding the right person and who we chose. And it was a man that I met who was uh, a second Lieutenant in the army. He was on a second tour in Iraq. And I'm so sorry. I need to restate that. He was a second Lieutenant in the army. He was on his second tour in Afghanistan. And he was someone who I know I knew through a different nonprofit that I was a part of. And I really, really wanted to send him a, a care package because we had talked over Christmas and I was like, man, I got to He was telling me that he was getting ready back to go on tour. And I was like, okay, I got to I'm going to send it to him. It was so difficult to find his address to like talk yeah. to his family members and get it because he kept saying he didn't want 
anything. Like he, he, because he was a second lieutenant, he was like in charge of all these troops. He wanted to look and feel and be so uh, important, so manly. So like he didn't need any help and he didn't need anything from back home. He didn't need anything from his family. Uh, And after a while, obviously that really wore down on him. And because people were honoring his wishes to not have any, to not send him anything. So he wasn't hearing a lot from home. He wasn't getting care packages. He wasn't getting these things. And so, you know, I finally wrestled the address out of some, somebody <laughs> sent it to me, got it, uh, sent this like big two yard fleece blanket, uh, you know, of the army oh. sent like all these like custom, you know, things that I, I knew that he liked like different snacks and stuff. And I sent it out in April and it was, I think July. And I was like waitressing back home working like a double shift, super long. And my mom calls me on my lunch break. And she was like, so you got a letter from Afghanistan today. I was like, who is writing me a letter from Afghanistan? (laughs) And she, and I was like, well, open up, read it. I was like, what is this? And she opens up and reads it to me. And I start bawling my eyes out on like a picnic bench (laughs) in the back of this restaurant, because what he went on in this letter to write to me was the fact that he described the fact that no one had really sent him anything. And the mentality he thought he had to have of this like, big masculine didn't need any help. Yeah. My guy, uh, was wearing down on him so much during his deployment that he actually had become very suicidal. He'd become incredibly depressed. And he got our care package on one of the days that he was really contemplating suicide. Oh and he God. wrote to me that it was the reason why he decided not to, because he was like, oh, someone cares that I have to come home someone like is waiting for me to come back and to come back safely. And someone just cares about me for that. And I was like, okay, um, didn't expect that outcome, but now this is our mission forever. (laughs) Now we have to keep going. If that's going to be the outcome of what this really is now we can't stop. And so it's not why we started, but after getting that feedback from it, I was like, that's it. We're, <laughs> there's no stopping this train anymore. And so that's really how like those care packages then wow. became a really big part of our, a core part of our organization. And we still send all these personalized care packages out to anyone who's serving overseas to this day, just because we understand the power of what those are. That letter is still framed to this day wow. in my office. <laughs> like I need, <laughs> because anytime you lose sight of your mission, you need something like that to ground you back and be like, oh yes, this is why we're doing that. Okay. Yeah. Got it. <laughs> right. Well, going back to just like the core of who you guys are, I know you mentioned your dad, but mm-hmm. what was kind of the the sole reasoning that you wanted to start doing this? Yeah. Well, it's kind of funny because it, it, it touches a little bit back on, you know, how you and I know each other, but it was when I started competing in the Miss America organization. And at first, because I was like 17 and also again, yeah. I had no idea what I was doing, but you had to have a platform, this community service thing you were speaking on. And I felt really lost. I was like, I don't know. And but I looked at my dad and I was like, well, it'll be something about wounded veterans, disabled yeah. veterans. And I did that for like a year. But as I started doing that and I was like now involved in this world, I was like, well, you know, how can I be doing more that I've now decided to, you know, have this be a platform I speak on? How can I right. do more? How can I do these things? And over that year, it kind of developed into like, I had all of these ideas rolling around. And then I got to college and I started just telling people about all of those different ideas and different yeah. things. And finally, I and I joined a sorority and I was just talking about all the different like plans I had for all these like different wounded veterans. And I had just some sorority sisters that were like, you know, just start your own nonprofit at this point, because it, it didn't align with anything that existing nonprofits were doing that I could partner with. 
And so I was like, that sounds crazy, but let's do it. Yeah, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's kind of how that all really came out to be. I knew it was going to be something veteran related, but as like the wheel started turning where I was like, oh, maybe this is just like something I should be doing. And then they were like, yes, just go do figure out paperwork and go make this a real thing. And I was like, <laughs> wild, but okay. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, I love that story. And I mean, talking about it's stuff that I don't teach you in school, right? Like mm-hmm. how to get your tax returns, like information, your taxes exempt information, like yep. they don't teach you that. So what were some of like the challenges as you started mm-hmm. the nonprofit? Uh, everything. Cause again, <laughs> I was 18. I was an idiot. I knew nothing. Um, but what was very cool about doing it at like during college, because that sounds crazy to, to, have started any kind of company organization at that time when you're so young. But I will say it honestly was one of the strengths and one of the blessings of the time that I did it because you are in a very strange environment where you are surrounded just with a wealth of knowledge from other people Mm -hmm. and experts in those fields. So like I went to a lot of professors during office hours and I was like, like not even my own, just people I knew would be good with those conversations. Like I went to the accounting professor. I didn't take an accounting yet. And I was like, okay, what do I have to set up? Like, what can you teach me? And I would just go to them during office hours. And I was like, hey, I know that we haven't met before but this is what I'm thinking of doing. Can you help me? What advice do you have for me? And the other fun part was, so I went to the University of Wisconsin Oshkosh for my undergrad. And there was a there was an attorney on campus who sat in the student union and he this man had a $5 fee for 30 <laughs> minutes of a meeting with him. No, granted, he mostly dealt with like, rent and landlord issues. But I, I was like, you are still an attorney on campus. You cost me $5. Uh, how do I do this? Like, let's talk about this. So there were so many resources that were there. And I kind of just ran around for a few months on like a fact finding mission, yeah. just being like, what can you tell me? What can you teach me? And yeah, so that combined with like legal zoom <laughs> was really just kind of how that like, it was very clunky, but it all came out and it all came to be, which was crazy. That's really interesting. Yeah. And so how many, like from your, the day of inception to now, like how many care packages and things have you sent out to people? Mm -hmm. Uh, I really should have those numbers more like, um, (laughs) because I would say, honestly, for care packages, I mean, we've sent out thousands over the years. Um, I would probably put that maybe around like 3000 that we've sent out for active duty service members, probably also the same number for cheer packages, which is what we do for veterans every single year. Um, and we, we send cheer packages now to veterans in every single state and probably at this point, like five, 600 a year. And that's been going on for about six years. So, um, yeah, about 3000 active duty service members, probably 3000, uh, veterans. And then for our Girl Scout patch and programming that you mentioned earlier. So my vice president works for the Girl Scouts of Western New York. So she's the one who really spearheaded that. And I would say probably about 1,500 to 2,000 Girl Scouts have have earned our our own a patch mm-hmm. and have done community service to veterans for their community. Uh, and that's also, they've done that in like 35 different states. So it's been really cool to wow. see the like national, but also global ripple effect that's happened from these. That's so neat. So how does um, either an active service member or um, a veteran get involved? How how do they get a care package if they want to receive this? Yes. Everything is on our website, which is operationalalone.net. And all of those, when you go under services, like there's care packages, cheer packages, earn a patch. Um, If you click on those, they basically all just have submission forms. And I mean, all of these things are too free to the public. You know, we don't charge anything for these, even the Girl Scout patch. 
we make sure that this is a very easy and accessible thing for people to to do and to get. And quite frankly, I'll say it's actually pretty rare that we work with some of the service members directly. When I do, it's usually them asking for the like write to me and they're like, we have 20 people in our unit. What can you send for like our whole base? Um, I just got one. I'm not kidding. Two days ago. And it was from an Air Force base. And he was like, so we have 1000 people like on our unit. What can you send us for Christmas? And I was like, oh, God. Um, okay. Uh, a thousand. Um, <laughs> I just like, I took a huge de- deep breath and I was like, oh, I don't know how to make that happen, but okay. Um, we're going to figure it out. Trust me. Yeah. But <laughs> I was like, okay. Uh, no, a lot of times it's, you know, it's parents, it's significant others, it's friends that are really actually the ones reaching out to me going, Hey, I think, you know, my, you know, so-and-so could really use one because the thing about our care packages that are different are that we personalize them to the service members. So like we've done some that were uh, like movie themed, for example, like the, the soldier was a really big movie buff, but they didn't have internet access. So they were like, how can you send like DVDs and, you know, movie popcorn and like do that. And I was like, great idea. Let's do it. Uh, Sometimes, oh my God, I've gotten some where they're like, all we really want are like flaming hot Cheetos and gushers. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll make those. Um, So it, that's really kind of the fun part about ours is like, it's not kind of a, it's not really a, like a super routine process. I mean, some things are because everything needs Q-tips, baby wipes, whatever. But sure. um, it really for us is like, how do we make sure that it's exactly what you want and what you're missing and like just what would make you feel better? So one time I went on like a super long uh, run around to like every store in Oshkosh because someone really <laughs> wanted a Willy Wonka whatchamacallit candy bar. And I had never yeah. heard of a whatchamacallit candy bar before. So I was like, I don't even know where to find this thing. So I literally, whatever it is that like makes you feel better, <laughs> that's what we're going to try to get. So, yeah. I love the personalized aspect of it. Cause mm-hmm. I mean, who doesn't love getting a gift that it's not mm-hmm. so much about the gift, but someone thought about me and what yes. I love and that just feels good on the inside. Exactly. And it doesn't feel like it came off of a mass assembly line. Right. Yeah. Like it has mm-hmm. no meaning to it. Um, so people can look at your website to, you know, if they want a spouse or family member to receive these, how can anyone else help? Do you take like donations or? Oh my gosh, volunteers? of course we do. <laughs> how does that work? Yeah. Donations. I trust me. Yeah, we need all the time. <laughs> so actually, you know, when we hop off this call, I'm not sure when this airs, but when we hop off this call, I'll be posting tonight that for our cheer packages, uh, people can sponsor a cheer package at $15 per, basically just to kind of cover the postage and some of the fees to yeah. make that. Um, so we always are looking for monetary donations, but for volunteering, we really do it. We invite volunteers in on a per event basis. Um, so for example, we just had a huge care package, you know, packing event. Yeah. Two weeks ago in Oshkosh, uh, in a couple of weeks, we're going to have another large one at like Grande Cheese and Fond du Lac, um, just different great sites that people can come and always join and enjoy. And so, but we really do it on a events basis for the sole fact that, you know, no one from our team is compensated. We have no full-time employees. Therefore, we don't have like an office people can come yeah. to regularly. We all work from home. So it's really, yeah. If we if you see us posting on Facebook that we're hosting a volunteer event, always just come there. You'll usually just find it on our social media pages. So Facebook and Instagram. But yeah, otherwise, I mean, you know, people can work with their own local Girl Scout troop. They can create, you know, they can, I've had people who host maybe blanket making parties and do their own care package drives and uh, just mail us all of the stuff. And that works perfectly fine too. So there's lots of different ways to get involved like that. That's really neat. I love Mm -hmm. too, when, when you allow the community to be a part of it, because this mission touches, I feel like so many different people. 
Oh yeah, and absolutely. What is like one of your favorite parts about the mission of Operation Not Alone that you love telling mm-hmm. other people? I just love the fact that, you know, there's always going to be, I think every time, especially if you're a founder of anything, if you're trying to do anything, if it's a business, if it's an organization, if you're just trying to make something happen, you're going to get discouraged so easily. You're going to run into so many roadblocks. And so when, and I always have found, I guess they're, look, trust me, it's been 10 years. I've wanted to quit operational loan like a thousand (laughs) times because I'm like, this is so, so much to handle. I just can't do it. And I think whenever you reach that point, Mm-hmm. and you're kind of at a breaking point and you're at a quitting point, something is always going to come around the corner that's going to like bring you back to your mission and remind you why you're here, why you're doing that, yeah. uh, why you should even be doing this in the first place. And usually that comes with, you know, you're going to get a Facebook message from a stranger that was like, you know, I just got one of these care packages from you and I can't tell you like what it did, you know, for like, for my mental health, for my day. I found a lot of our care packages will even come they usually have a knack of coming for people like when they get particularly bad like news or they just really need them. Like I had someone who told me they got their package on the same day that they were told that their tour was being extended and now they were going to miss like Thanksgiving and Christmas and their birthday at home. And they originally planned to like be, you know, home for all those things. And, but it came on that same day. So it just kind of like lessened the blow a little bit. I was like, yeah. okay. I was like, that's why we do this. Okay. <laughs> I can, I'll, I'll pack my frustrations up because, you know, I, I think that's the best part about nonprofits. It's like, you have a mission that's here, you know, other companies it's like, okay, well, you know, we got to make more money. We got to right. do this thing, hit this bottom dollar for here. It's like, well, we are impacting different lives. And when you remember that, and you'll always have that kind of moment, reach out of the woodwork when you need it the most. Yeah. So just, I think, have faith and and kind of stay the course on that. Like if you're, if you're running low <laughs> on mission energy, like it'll come back to find you. That's so true. I think it's like the stories of the people that you're impacting that makes all the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can't even imagine how many hours that you put into this. Is this your full-time... No, I have, I vote because non-operational alone has a fully uncompensated team uh, mm-hmm. that includes myself. I'm also just a volunteer. And so it's, I've always had a full-time job because <laughs> uh, your girl's got to pay rent. So I actually, yeah. so I'm the director of sales for a company called Headbands of Hope, which is, yeah. it's a for-profit company, but it's still is mission-based uh, for every one item that is purchased when it's donated to a child with an illness. And they've donated to every single children's hospital in the United States wow. plus 19 other countries. So it's one of those things where like, I kind of, I even out my operational loan time also with something that pays the rent, but still kind of gives me that like mission happiness in my heart. It's important. It's so yeah. so important to have passion and purpose and things. Mm-hmm. And um, also just, you know, I always say like your job is not who you are. So having mm-hmm. something on the side that really fulfills you is so important. Absolutely. And I think it's even to that though, I think it's important to, and I've been really struggling with this lately or sometimes to remember, like, I'm also a person that doesn't have to be glued to my laptop 24 seven. Like I can go to the dog park and (laughs) hang out and, you know, take long walks and and do these different things that have nothing to do with any of those things. Like the the side projects and the passions and those missions are always great. And sometimes I forget that I'm like a person also. Um, So I think that's equally as important too. like get away from your laptop and your phone at some point and just like go out and be a regular person. (laughs) Totally. And if you don't recharge your cup, you don't have enough to give to other people. So no. Yeah. So not aside from the veterans care packages, active duty member, all that good stuff. 
You also do nursing home visits. Can you Mm -hmm. tell me a little bit more of what that looks like? Yeah. So we, you know, our two things that we do really specific for veterans are the cheer packages, which happen every year. Those are sent out on the week of Veterans Day so that hopefully they arrive on Veterans Day, if not yeah, a day or two around. Um, the other thing that we do is really a uh, holiday focus. And so we've done Christmas Eve for a few years, obviously COVID years aside, because we were not allowed in nursing homes. Um, so we honestly, so one of the things that we have in our care packages are two yard fleece blankets specific to that person's branch of the military. Mm-hmm. And we honestly just found creating the exact same blankets, kind of tying them with like a really cute thank you note that someone from elementary school or one of our Girl Scouts made and sure. um, just kind of have those like little Christmas gifts. But we would go to the nursing homes and I, it takes probably a few weeks. Well, I would say probably about a month planning ahead of time because we work with those nursing homes to get the list of those names and then also those branches for for those veterans who are currently in the nursing home because we just found, you know, especially visiting them on Christmas Eve, if not maybe, you know, the day before or day after to a lot of them maybe don't have family, um, maybe don't have family that are visiting. And so just to kind of be able and like, maybe you might be their only visitor on that Christmas Eve. You might be the only like holiday cheer that they really feel aside from like the nursing home staff. And so we like, you know, we put their name in the corner of the blankets and um, it's just like a really cute personalized thing. And I have had probably the most emotional reactions from those veterans. I've had, I couldn't count the amount of times that I've had just veterans like utterly like crumble and cry and just like yeah. grab my hands and not let go for like 30 minutes when they just, you know, when we just kind of pop into their room and visit them and just, you know, we explain, we present them the blanket, um, you know, if maybe if they're in a wheelchair, I'll kind of like drape it over their legs. And it's the most emotional day of the year for me <laughs> um, because it's, it's just a really direct impact, but it's just something really nice that we like to do around the holidays, just, you know, connecting with those veterans. But again, maybe maybe they don't have people. And honestly, sometimes I've really loved it where we'll revisit. We try to visit different nursing homes every year and just kind of get a new population. But we've heard from some who maybe, you know, if that person is there for a year or two, I mean, I've gotten feedback from nurses that they sleep with that blanket every single night. Like that's like a staple on their bed now. And so it's, it has been fun when we do repeat those nursing homes and we'll go back and we'll visit people who still have all of their, you know, their operational and blankets from the, from the year before. And, um, it's just so sweet to connect with them again. So it's been very, um, those are very fun. And again, we haven't gotten to do them the last few years for COVID. So hopefully we'll be able to come back and do those again this year, but it's just, yeah, that's a very special day of the year for us. And honestly, we also have a program out there too, you know, for talking volunteers here, we call it like the Ona Elf program. Um, just because you kind of, just because Christmas Eve, you kind of feel like you're one of Santa's elves. Um, so people can always do that for their own local nursing home and we'll work with them in that nursing home to get all the information they need, get the blankets that they need. Um, but if people want to go visit their own local nursing home and deliver blankets and have those moments for themselves, they absolutely can do that and always just reach out via email and we can help set that up. That's really neat. Yeah. Um, well, I love everything you're doing. Your mission is amazing. And just the fact that you are impacting so many people and touching so many lives, it's it's really inspiring and I hope inspires others to do the same. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes, you're welcome. And it, just as we close out today and reflect mm-hmm. on the power 40 in our lives, what this podcast is called, maybe trials we're going through or have overcome. I think we understand that life will continue to be good and we'll mm-hmm. continue to have some bad days here and there. But 40 is also significant in regards to time, like Jesus spending 40 days fasting in the wilderness and so many other instances in the Bible that 40 has played out. But if you had just 40 minutes to impact mm-hmm. the world, 
where would you start and what would you say? I had just 40 minutes. I honestly would, I would figure out a way to either in like a mass teaching event or speaking event. Um, I would teach people how to start their own nonprofits and take it fully from idea to impact in 40 minutes so that other people can get their own organizations off the ground, get rolling and start doing the mission driven thing on their hearts. Cause it's, you know, for me, it was veterans because of my dad, for someone else, it's the environment or it's animals or it's the hungry and homeless population or whatever it is. It's, I would spend 40 minutes teaching other people how to make their own nonprofits and launch them as soon as possible. I would come to that class. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. (laughs) We might have to make it a reality one day. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. I think that's such a great way to spend that 40 minutes. Not only are you impacting people, you're going to make such a big ripple effect with those people. Um, Also able to just share in their passion and purpose. Mm -hmm. And um, it was just great talking to you today. So I'm so glad. Can you reiterate just your website and social handles Mm -hmm. for people so they can follow or inquire or volunteer? Absolutely. So everything. So our website is operationalone.net. Uh, any of our social handles are just at Operation Not Alone. Uh, you can also follow me at Susan Foch, or you can also reach out via email, which is just Susan at operationalone.net. Well, thank you and keep up the good work. Thanks, Danica. For more information on the Power 40 podcast, visit powerofhumans.com. Also stream the podcast on your preferred streaming service.